What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 80 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. I do all my own special effects, by the way. Uh, January 27th, 2018. Uh, I am telling you the timestamp here um, in case there's a nuclear holocaust. You can go back and listen to these. Hopefully, they're preserved online, and you'll know what what time we... If there's a nuclear holocaust, how is anything going to be preserved online? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's my co-host just kicking me right in the balls as soon as we start, <laughs> dashing all my hopes, just like my parents. So, cool. No, that's Mike, everybody. He's here with me every week, and uh, we talk about Unsolved hey, everybody. Mysteries. Yeah. So, uh, how are you doing, Mike? Doing pretty good. Um, my uh, new semester at WC Vancouver, there's a lot more work than I thought there was going to be, so I'm still kind of dealing with that. And I do have more days off, but it's still a lot of work. Like my, my DTC class alone is like really labor extensive. And it's like learning how to use Photoshop and Illustrator, using Illustrator to do a self portrait. Oh, that's awesome, though. That's like useful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's like that's taking up like so much of my time. And then I have like and essays to write, resumes to write tons of reading to do for my creative writing class i got movies to watch every week for my foreign film class and like write something on the on the forums and then do a quiz on the film and then it, it's it's a little bit overwhelming at the moment yeah you know um, my, but, my my good friend trey here in jacksonville he's uh he's doing college too he's only taken one class so far though and 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 he's kind of like the same way he's already like I think tired of doing homework and stuff. And I'm like, oh, strap yourself in, Junior. You got a long road ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, you only have one class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have four. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're taking a full load. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you're taking a full load. I never took a full load in college. I only, I would take, I think three classes was the most I took in one semester. And well, that- the thing is, this is just, this is technically my job because I can't seem to have any luck getting a real job. So... My parents are like, you know, this is your job. So, all right. Well, Mike, <laughs> you got to gotta, gotta get them biceps in order, man. So the Walmart people will, will let you lift the crates and shit. <laughs> you got you to gotta stop using... Yeah, if I, if, if I do that, then honestly, I, I'd rather get a better job than that. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. They, they like raise the um, uh, minimum wage of Walmart employees to like what 12 bucks or something like that yeah it's not bad ideally I'd rather get a job like working at home or working at like some tech place or something like that Jeez. so maybe this DTC thing could help me with that it's really a shame that Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore because that'd be like the perfect job for you oh yeah there's buybacks but buybacks doesn't really hire a lot of new people so that would have been yeah. that That would have been right in your wheelhouse like you could have been like the manager or like a Blockbuster or something yeah Although manager jobs at retail stores really aren't like great, they're usually pretty sucky. Um, oh yeah, because you have to deal with other people, all the other employees. Yeah, and just all the bullshit of managing mm. everything. I'm glad I'm a DJ, and I'm essentially I go somewhere, I'm my own boss, and I do my gig, and it's like four or five hours at most, and I go the fuck home. It's it's a it's great. <laughs> Um, I'm doing pretty good myself, even though you didn't ask. That's cool. I'm used to that. Um, I don't, what did I do? Oh, I, I just released a video on my YouTube channel that I spent a lot of time on. 
Why I hate the Nintendo 64. If you want to, the more you, th- you the the research you did was really good because I didn't know that there were only like two hundred something games for the system. Yeah, very small and, library in comparison to their other libraries, uh, except for the and first when one. I think about it, yeah, I mean I had an N sixty four, but the only games I ever had on it were was like a Space Invaders remake, which was tolerable, three uh, D Tetris, which was a pain in the ass and I didn't like, and some shitty tank game. Yeah. Oh, man, you got all the bad ones. You, you, didn't, you didn't play any of the good ones, because there were some good games no, on there. No, I, I, went, I went to play, you know, GoldenEye with my friends or whatever, and I've, I've played GoldenEye before, and Super Smash Brothers, but or Mario Kart, and I, and I think I played the Mario 64, but I think I played on an emulator one time. So, and with those, they're actually pretty good emulators, so I'm 64 now. Really? So, it's one of those, like, Cause that was like you don't necessarily that, that was like the elusive emulator for the longest time. A good God, we nobody gives two shits about what we're talking about right now. Uh, let's get into some unsolved mysteries, <laughs> mysteries, mysteries. This week we're going to be Can talking. You imagine if there was an unsolved mysteries video game. Oh God, it would depend on what <laughs> system it came out for. If it came out on like Super Nintendo, it'd probably not be great. If it came out on like, it'd be like the Home Improvement game. Yeah, he plays Robert Stat going around. <laughs> Or you fighting Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster and aliens. That would be co- that'd be cool ghosts. for novelty value though. Like if someone went and made like a new old like game, you know, like yeah. for the Nintendo or the NES or something. You play as Robert Stack and he had like a shotgun. <laughs> the, the Super Nintendo would be good for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Former. Uh, anyway, this week we're going to be talking about the case of Kenneth Inge. Um, this is just one of those cases that I watched. Um, I guess it hit me close to home because you're dealing with like two dumb rednecks. So it's like <laughs> home sweet home. These are people I totally grew up around. So I made a mental note of this case. And uh, the second case we're going to be talking about, Ethel Kid. that was a request from who? I don't remember. I have no earthly idea who the hell requested this stuff. I used to keep track of that, but... Um, yeah, people haven't really, re- the, the requests have stopped pouring in, so I think we're getting close to the end of our request list. It's only taken me since the start of this podcast to work through it. <laughs> anyway, the case of Kenneth Inge. On October 4th, 1988, police in Edmore, North Dakota, began an investigation into the death of a local auto repairman, 27-year-old Kenneth Inge. And I just gotta say already, like, yeah, he's 27 years old, but like, I don't know, man. What What's up with the 70s and 80s where... The actor does not look 27. He doesn't look 27, but like, even so, like, when, when they show these people from like the 70s, 80s, early 90s, <laughs> like, late 20s back then looked like adult to me now. Like, yeah. I'm looking at them like, that's that's what my parents looked like. They, they look like adults, like old. Like, I, I'm almost 30, and I feel like I still look like a kid. Yeah, same here, kind of for me too. Like so, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how that happens with generations because it's not just the clothing. It's just something about maybe the facial hair configuration, the haircut. I don't know. And it, it's it's genetics. Yeah. Genetics. He's also wearing plaid and you know got a mustache and anyway, he's a heavy um, set guy. Well, also too, uh, you can you can be like an early bloomer sometimes, and you can look much older. Then you're at because my cousin. Oh, I know. I had a friend of mine uh, in in high school. Like he he had a beard and everything full time. Like he could go in into places and not get carded because he was just so he looked a lot older than he was. 
Yeah, my cousin, he hit puberty at like 11 years old, which is incredibly early for a guy. And uh, he like if you look at him now, he's only like he's like 27, I think. And uh, he looks like he's like in his like mid to late 30s. So that might be something to that as well. So um, anyway, Kenneth was discovered in his own garage by his uncle. The cause of death was determined to be carbon monoxide poisoning. Initially, police viewed it as a suicide. But almost immediately, some of the evidence began to contradict the suicide theory. Why was a fully loaded rifle found six feet away from Kenneth's body? There was a small pool of blood on the floor. Where did that come from? Even more puzzling was the fact that the car ignition had been turned off. If Kenneth had, in fact, committed suicide by inhaling carbon monoxide, then who turned off the truck's engine? Kenneth Inge's family insisted that suicide was out of the question because, of course, they did because they're the family members and they never want to believe that their loved ones. That's an unsolved mysteries trope. It is for sure. Yeah, probably a trope of any family who loses a loved one. Yeah, and they say it's suicide. He would never do that. Um, but if foul play was involved, who had a motive and the opportunity to commit the crime? Within twelve hours, the police found a potential suspect who had both. I would hope. That you would never go into a suicide forest and record a video and and post it on the internet as well. Yeah. You know? You know? Uh, Mike's... With a dead body hanging in the background. Mike is da- dating our <laughs> podcast right now by throwing in a, uh, a, a current event that happened on YouTube. Uh, one, uh, was it Logan Paul? Yeah. Logan Paul, the douche-o-matic 5000. I honestly... <laughs> I hate people like him. I'm not trying to get off track here, but like, like people with that kind of personality, I hate. Like, I really do. They, it, I, I hate people like that too. It's, it's, you know, I met everybody that I know, or that I've somewhat known in my life like that has been a total asshole. I mean, it's like, how can you be in your what? He looks like he's in his like mid twenties or something. How can you be that old and be that goddamn immature and have the mind of a six year old? Yeah, and it is not just that. Like he did that other shit when he's in Japan throwing pokeballs at people and stuff, yeah, and just you know, just being a disrespectful punk. And then he did this stupid stunt where he's he's on a skyscraper or something, looking down on his fans, and then he makes it look like he got shot. Yeah, I hope I hope other. And now he's doing videos now, trying to make up for it and trying to bring awareness to suicide, uh-huh, the yeah, suicide hotline, and all of that. Yeah, and, then, and that's fine. He doesn't but, give a shit about it, though. He's only doing it to save face, and it's a good PR move. Anyway, getting off track here. Um, <laughs> at 2 a.m. on the night Kenneth died, only two customers remained in a local bar. Kenneth himself and Curtis Heck, another auto repairman. What a name. Yeah. What the Curtis Heck are you doing here? Um, And this is just the, the, the scene here. It's just your typical uh, redneck bar, just a bunch of <laughs> shit on the wall. But yeah. license, old license plates and shit. You know, You're like, yep, I, I know this place. <laughs> just a dusty, like, wood floor. Like, basically the bar in uh, Back to the Future 3. I mean, this is what we're, <laughs> what we're looking at here. Probably a spittoon somewhere in there. Um, so, Kenneth and Curtis Heck, they're both in this bar. According to Curtis, the bar was about to close when uh, he and Kenneth got into a, got into a drunken <laughs> scuffle. Now they, and this drunken scuffle is hilarious. But they got into the drunken scuffle because um, he was saying, uh, Kenneth was saying to the bartender who was this attractive woman, he's saying, I'm taking you home tonight. 
<laughs> and then, you know, Curtis being the good old boy he is, he comes up to him and he goes, get your hands off of her. And then dumb redneckery ensues. And it's just your <laughs> typical, like, just, what the hell you say to me? I ought to kick your ass. And, and just bad, bad choreography in terms of the fighting. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, according to uh, Curtis here, he goes, well, he was rolling around on the floor wrestling and a bunch of dumb stuff. There were some, yeah. there were some punches thrown back and forth. Nobody really got hurt. At one point, I got him down on the floor and I held him down there and I said, I'm going to let you up. And when I let you up, I want you to just walk out the door. According to Curtis, Kenneth retaliated moments later, as I fucking knew he would, because that's how all fights ha go. No one just gets their ass beat and go puts their hands up and goes, fair enough. You won, man. Congrats. I'm going to go home now. I am defeated. No, there's always. I mean, think about when Devo came. Debo came back and kicked Craig's ass on Friday. I mean, there's <laughs> always retaliation. So according to Kurt, damn, you got knocked the fuck out. You got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> so according to Curtis, Kenneth retaliated moments later. He go, uh, Ken, uh, Curtis is quoted here by saying, "I heard the crash out front, and I knew what I knew as soon as I heard it. And I seen my pickup out there; it had been broadsided. Heck decided to get even. About an hour later, he and the bartender." Drove up to Kenneth's home where they saw Kenneth's truck parked in the driveway. I like how they say about an hour later, he and the bartender drove up. After the bartender <laughs> fucked him for uh, being the knight in shining armor, they yeah. uh, they then went to uh, Kenneth's house to retaliate. After he white knighted. Yeah. And then then uh, Curtis says, I heard a noise coming from the garage, a groaning sound. So I went around the back door and I opened up the door and I went in. I should have realized, you know, that there was something wrong with him, but I didn't. I was mad at him anyway. Any other time I'd seen if uh, somebody on the floor moaning and groaning, I'd certainly would have uh, wouldn't have left him there. But you know, the guy just smashed my pickup all to pieces and I figured he was sick from drinking. So I figured I'd go ahead and let him spend the night on the garage floor. <laughs> of course, the scene that they're painting here is uh, Curtis hears this moaning and groaning. He goes into the garage and one Kenneth Inge, the guy who smashed into Curtis's truck, is now lying on the floor, uh, seemingly asleep. According to Larry Wobima, because there can't go by an episode of this show where there isn't some kind of fucked up last name that I have to try to pronounce, uh, chief of police for the Edmore Police Department, uh, this was the last time that Kenneth was seen alive when he was in the garage on the ground. And he goes on to say, uh, I believe that Kenneth Inge, when he was in the garage, um, and it became cool, started the vehicle, sat there and waited for Curtis Heck to come to the garage for the confrontation that was bound to happen. Realizing that something is happening to him at, at this point, I believe he turned the vehicle off that was in the garage, a pickup. And he started to head for the door, and he didn't quite make it to the door before he collapsed. Time passed, and he died waiting for Curtis Heck. However, Kenneth's uncle, Richard Nagard, believed that his nephew heard Curtis kicking his truck and then fought him when he came into the garage. Quoting the uncle here, He fell down and probably was knocked unconscious, and Curtis just shut the door and walked away and then realized the truck was running and came back and went and shut it off. With a sealed garage, there was still enough carbon monoxide fumes in there to do somebody in. 
first of all, so of course, you know the the uncle is going to accuse Curtis Heck of killing the uh, killing Kenneth. No, of course, of course he is. Um, Even though there isn't a lot of evidence. Yeah, and Curtis. I mean, the, the, I'd say the biggest thing that Curtis has going for him is he's just kind of a dick. Who? Who? <laughs> Curtis Heck. A little bit. I'd say Kenneth Ingy was the dick. Well, Kenneth Ingy's a dick, too, but they're both dicks. I mean, they both decided to get into some drunken fight in the bar and then over some bartender. I don't think Curtis was a dick. I think I like how Curtis was sticking up for the bartender. I like how he yeah, I like how he wasn't letting this guy who's like, you're coming home with me. Yeah, but he was probably also like, no, she's coming home with me. Yeah, (laughs) probably. But it wasn't interpreted that way in the reenactment. So I I don't. and, And another thing that Curtis has going for him is he just seems innocent. He has an air of... Well, yeah, I mean, he's totally innocent. I'm, I'm just saying, like, people get in fights. Like, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Hey, like, buddy, Mike, necessary. if you want to learn about bar fights, you just come to the South, my friend. I will take you to 103rd Street, and we will find <laughs> a good bar. Uh, And, it, you know, I mean, it's really easy to disrespect uh, a redneck, you know? You could say or <laughs> you could say anything negative about Trump. Or you could say anything negative about Alan Jackson or George Strait, and you, hey man, you done pissed me the fuck off, buddy. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm I'm sorry, buddy. Ah, just letting the the South will rise again. No. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Curtis. Josh is possessed by one of those uh, yes. cannibal Confederates again. Uh, cannibal Confederates? I don't know what that is, but that sounds awesome. Um. But no, Curtis Heck, he just he's very calm in the interview. He's very he's he's very kind of like he's very nonchalant about it. He's he's like almost like slightly embarrassed, like, you know, damn, yeah. like, damn, I didn't you know, I didn't want all this to happen. I was just, you know, I, he, you know, backed in because this honestly, you know, without all mocking rednecks aside, this is kind of how shit goes here in the South. Like you get into a fight with someone and, you know, you you throw some fists here and there and. Then like the next day, your buddies again, you know, like, but like it's just that's just kind of how, like, you know, redneck bars go. It's like you could be there and and you could do some wrong thing and piss someone off the wrong way and, you know, just start going at it. But you you don't want to kill the person. You're just I don't know. You're just like two dogs, like angry dogs. You're just going after each other, not necessarily with the intention to kill, but to show dominance or whatever. And I honestly think that Curtis was, you know, I just believe him. Because I just know these situations. All- well, yeah, I, I believe him too. I don't. I don't think he killed Kenneth at all. I find it funny that they were only able to get Kenneth's fucking uncle to be interviewed yeah. on this show. You know, like they couldn't get the damn parents or sister or brother. Yeah. Or, uh, if he had any of that even left, I don't know. Several puzzling questions continue to loom over this case. Did Kenneth start up the truck to keep warm until Curtis Heck arrived? Was uh he was a trained mechanic and certainly knew the lethal possibilities of running an engine in a small enclosed space unless alcohol had impaired his judgment. But if a drunken Kenneth did start the truck and was overcome by the fumes, how could he have the clarity of mind to cut the ignition but still be unable to reach the nearby door? And finally, if it was not Kenneth who turned off the ignition, then who did and left him on the floor to die? Many years have passed since Kenneth Inge was found dead, and his family still believes that the whole story is yet to be heard. And it, well, of course. And it doesn't sound like the family do. is too concerned on hearing the rest of the story, because maybe Kenneth Inge was a dick to everybody else, too, because usually when someone 
a family member dies in this certain way, the family members are saying more than, oh, we just want the rest of the story to be heard. They're usually like putting up billboards or flyers or like yeah. very, you know, emotional. But, you know, I, the uncle was just like, yeah, I mean, it was uh, kind of messed up. And I think Curtis might have done more than what he said. Or maybe not. I don't know. Can I go now? And another thing that I... I yeah, you can go, Mike. Yeah. You can go, Mike Morris. Oh, <laughs> no, no, Mike Morris is more like this. It's You got to get more <laughs> fat in your voice when you're doing Mike Morris. I don't know why that the phone, the, the voicemail never picked up. It just kept ringing, and I don't know why. I miss my wife. Um, another question that I have... I wonder how he says cool whip. <laughs> oh, you want some cool whip on there, Mike? <laughs> Um, everybody in this case is assuming that Kenneth Inge was like waiting for Curtis in his garage. Yeah, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just like maybe he was maybe sleeping. Maybe he was he fell asleep. Maybe he was spanking his monkey. <laughs> well, I mean, he was drunk. He was clearly intoxicated, so he could have gotten in the truck, turned it on, thought he'd just sleep some stuff off or whatever, and then he passed out and the ignition was still on and. But then you're like, who turned off the ignition? Which is an interesting thing. Like, did he turn it off himself? Like, what? Or maybe he was already dying of the carbon monoxide poisoning. Curtis Heck showed up, and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna turn off the ignition, and then try to go stumble towards the door, and then passed out. Yeah, I just, like, the whole thing where they assume that, like, Kenneth, you know, in a drunken stupor, like, backs into Curtis's, uh, well, he did do that. Well, he did that, but like then they just assume that like he's gonna go to his house, being drunk, and just wait in his garage for him. I mean, first of all, like wouldn't you wait outside? I mean, I mean, I guess they said the temperature, something about the temperature, but I just think it's kind of silly that they uh, they. Th Why wouldn't he go inside his house and wait? Yeah, or something. Like I just think it's silly that they're assuming that he, you know, like that. They're they're like pretty cocksure of that that uh maybe he did commit suicide ah, one of those, like, that don't make drunk. sense it don't make sense where you're trying to take a bartender home and you're drunk and then you go home and you're well i don't know i know some of my friends when they when they miss on a getting a girl's number or something they get pretty fucking depressed but not enough. remember the have you seen hot tub time machine like rob cordray's character tried to kill himself because things didn't go the way he wanted yeah, someone actually posted a picture of what this bar looks like. Um, Kunkel's Bar, Kunkel, what a name. Kunkel's Bar, <laughs> yeah, dude. This is the quintessential redneck bar. Oh, Good lord. Wow. I mean, they... Shit. That looks like nothing has changed since 1988. <laughs> the only thing they're missing is like a whites-only sign above the, the door. <laughs> Like fuck! Look at the old, and like even some of the stuff even looks older than eighty eight. Look, oh. look at that squirt! Oh yeah, absolutely. That squirt uh, sign. So yeah, what do you think happened, Mike? I think uh, he got drunk, and he either passed out or something. I, I think it was an accident, just like the police thought it was. I believe their theory. I definitely don't think he was killed by Curtis Heck makes you think what the heck you know yeah that was a corny joke wasn't it yeah it was <laughs> jeez mike <laughs>
You said that with such conviction. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right, uh, well, that's all I really have to say about this case. I just, you know, I don't know. I, I love the redneck nature of it. Anytime I get to take the piss out of rednecks, I am certainly Yeah, I mean, gonna... it's kind of fun when it comes to, to that aspect of it, but as a case, it is pretty weak. It's kind of surprising that it was even on the show, considering that the mystery was pretty much cut and dry, and I just felt that it really wasn't much of a mystery. And then the whole thing was just accusing this one guy. Oh, I love how someone commented in for all, the heck of it. Someone commented in all caps on on the comments of this. Uh, the bartender called the police and said, "quote stalked them both end quote until they saw Ingi with his gun coming out of the house. So they put his truck in his garage and locked him in with his gun. quote playing non lethal police now end quote. Oh, we didn't know." I don't know what any of that means just then. I don't know if that was English. I don't get that either. Or or someone's like, oh my God, no. How did he die? It's like, is that you? Oh 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 my god. No. <laughs> they're gonna uh, They ate her. Now they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. god. <laughs> Alright, up next we got the case of Ethel Kid, which again was a request that I, I have no idea who requested it. Uh pretty this is a this is a classic unsolved mysteries case yeah. where they slap you right in the nuts when you're not expecting it with something disturbing. Exactly. Like you're like, okay, all right. Oh god, what the fuck? Yeah, so it's I under, I could definitely see why somebody requested this. So can I. So, 61-year-old Ethel Kidd had moved to Burr Hill, Virginia, 70 miles from Washington, D.C. She and her husband, Gilbert, bought a parcel of land in 1988 and built a home for their retirement. Their children and grandchildren live nearby. This is very important to her since her life centered around her loving family. On Wednesday, April 12, 1989, construction on the new house is almost finished. Ethel was spending a great deal of time there, and on that morning, she had visited her daughter, who lived about a mile from there. She returned home about 2 p.m. and was seen picking up her mail from the streetside mailbox. The next morning, her daughter called her at 7.30 a.m., but she didn't answer. Instead, her answering machine picked up. She assumed that she was on her way over for a morning cup of coffee, but she never showed up. Two hours later, at 9.30 a.m., her son-in-law, Thomas, either his real name or not, we really don't know for sure, drove by her house only to find her car still parked in the driveway. As he approached the house, he found a road atlas laying in the yard. Investigators later found motel stationery that contained writings of a sexual nature inside of it. These had been used by the suspect as flashcards along the highway that solicit sex from other drivers. Yeah, and the flashcards said, uh, they they bleeped out on the, on the show, but it said, let's fuck pull over. Yeah. Which, honestly, I know I always say... Very forward. I, I know I always say this, but, like, people are always asking, why don't aliens come down and talk to us? Probably because of of human beings uh, like this. Can you imagine that happen? Aliens land. They're just observing everything. See some guy with the sign saying, let's fuck. Pull over, you know, let's pull fuck. Over. Like, yeah, <laughs> these earthlings are not ready for us yet. Give them a few more <laughs> thousand years. Like, yeah. And then they're going to come back in another thousand years and look at the bathroom graffiti and be like, they are still not ready. Too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a moon accent, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Um, that's a moon. Their brains are still in their dicks. <laughs> 
at least the at least the men aren't ready to meet the aliens. Maybe maybe <laughs> some women are more uh, elevated mentally. Well, no, they are because I, I honestly like a woman would never do some shit like this. Pull over, let's fuck. They probably wouldn't do it because no guy would turn it down. They'd be like, really? <laughs> They'd be like a dog. would be like, when? Where? 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 We, we're going to fuck? We're going to fuck? Where? Where, where do you want to go fuck? Like, that's probably why women don't do it. So there was also an outline for the per perpetrator to follow in his plan of murder, including references to selecting a location and then obtaining a new identity. Guy didn't really think that through there. He was so... Concentrate. His concentration was so focused on fucking somebody that it, it, all the serial killer stuff just was an afterthought and was still there, but like he didn't think about hiding that, you know, not putting it on the same fucking piece of paper. He had an uncontrollable urge. Without noticing these items inside the atlas, Thomas entered her house, finding the front door unlocked. That was very unusual as she always kept her doors locked, but nothing inside was out of place. It did not appear that there had been a robbery or any, or any signs of struggle, which that would, you know, you'd just be like, it's like what happened with you. The door's open, doesn't really look like there's anything that happened, nothing was stolen. Only this time it was my dumbass who just did not only forgot to lock the door, but forgot to close it as well. Yeah. They searched the acres of fields and woods surrounding the area where she lived, but they found no clues or any sign of her. Eight days later, a hunter was in the woods only three miles from her house. <clears throat> he, came upon, he came upon a most disturbing sight. Even though this area had been thoroughly searched the previous week, there was her murdered body, bound to a tree and facing a logging road only 50 feet away. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Shit gets I, pretty intense. Yeah, I can't stress how disturbing that is when you're watching this segment and you're like, oh, do to do to do, missing person, looking for. A oh my God, it's, a it's tied to the tree and it's a dead body. Holy shit. It's pretty disturbing. It like literally, like, you go from like, if you'd never watched Unsolved Mysteries before, you'd be like, oh, this is a pretty cool show. Oh my God, this is like. Oh my God, brick to the face. Night terrors <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's the nature of this show, you know, and that's yeah. Why I mean, I like that's it. a good way to sum up the show. You know, it's all all of a sudden uh, missing person, all right? Lost love, for yeah. You know, okay. She was raped, strangled, and dead for about seven days, and was tied to a tree. He was he was beaten. He was bludgeoned to death. He was tied up and then lowered into a smelter, where he was found <laughs> weeks later. His bones too radioactive to be buried in the ground. That's unsolved mysteries for you. That's a so due to the lack of decomposition, authorities believed that her body had been stored in some kind of refrigeration unit, such as a refrigerated semi-truck or a walk-in freezer. The cord used to bind her was only used in hotel and hospital draperies and not available to the public. Car upholstery fibers are also found on her clothes. However, the authorities felt the most important piece of evidence was the bizarre list that the killer left behind. I love this list. Police found a folded-up map at the scene that suggests that Ethel's killer had stopped to ask for directions and for someone to fuck. Another piece of evidence found was a paper left by the killer, which was a list for murder. Item number two listed clothing and accessories that may have been used for a disguise. Item number three mentioned ID and a book called The Paper Trip, which helps a person obtain a new identity. Item number four simply stated, choose location. Item number five listed the following abbreviations, HC, TP, and SG investigators. So investigators believe that they stood for handcuffs, tape, and either surgical gloves or stun gun. 
or TP for my bunghole. The ass US, correct, Mike. The assailant also might have needed TP for their bunghole, for they were the great <laughs> cornholio. So police believe the killer was a white male in his 30s or 40s, probably a loner. I love okay, I love this I love this description here. Like I have to cut in on this cuz the 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 investigators talking about it and he's just like I love how they just break this guy down to like yeah. the most ba he's like this individual is a methodical, very particular cunning individual. He's a loner, a white male, probably between 35 and 45 years old. He has not had successful relationships with females. <laughs> yeah. Like how did I mean, I know that like in forensic school, like that's that's something, you know, psychological profile. Right. And I know that's a thing, you know, but I just find that hilarious. Like, you know, he probably runs a YouTube channel with only a few thousand subscribers, probably makes some lackluster music and uh, hosts some <laughs> kind of a true crime podcast. Uh, and we do believe he has herpes. Uh, oh, my God, Josh. Uh, um, what have you been doing lately? <laughs> That bitch said she'd never tell anyone. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He most likely travels and stays in motels. And he could possibly be a trucker or a salesman. However, they have no suspects. The case first aired on the October 2nd, 1991 episode. And it's actually solved. Wow. A subsequent airing of this case on the show generated a tip about a suspect named, suspect, <laughs> named Edward Wayne Beverly. That's a mouthful. Who was serving time in prison for an unrelated crime. Like, that name sounds like it's not the name of some sleazy killer who's a loner. Is it because his last name Beverly and Beverly Hills? No, I mean, Edward Wayne Beverly. Like, that sounds like some kind of snooty rich guy or something. Yeah, it kind of does. So he was serving time in prison for an unrelated crime. Although his name was not mentioned in the broadcast at the time, Another update featuring Keely Shea Smith. I like how they try to shoehorn her in whenever they can. Indicated that she was recognized by the handwriting. He was recognized. She was recognized. <laughs> he was recognized by the handwriting on his preparation list found within the atlas he left at the scene. He lived in Burr Hill, Virginia, but he suddenly left the area after the murder. Once he was tracked down to Tennessee to a Tennessee prison, authorities compared his DNA and fingerprints to evidence at the crime scene, and they matched. A few months before he was to be released from prison, he was charged with Ethel's murder. He was later convicted of rape, abduction, and murder and given three life sentences. He died there in late 2008. So thankfully, he did not get released, and he got convicted for that. Damn. Um, Ethel's widower, Gilbert, passed away in 2006 at the age of 71, and her son-in-law, Thomas, has also since passed away. So again, reaffirming what I've always said about this show, yeah. everybody is dead on this show. Uh, well, if you look at this guy, look at the picture of Edward Wayne Beverly. Doesn't he look like the guy who'd be holding a sign on the side of the road? No, he... Saying, let's fuck? Well, yes. Yes, he does. That he does look like he he would definitely be doing. And, and I didn't realize this until listening to uh, the Perhaps It's You podcast, which is a, a podcast much like what we do, where uh, the, uh, Liz and Samantha, two ladies, talk about Unsolved Mysteries episodes. and They have this thing they do called... Uh, most valuable mustache MVM yeah. of the week. <laughs> I never realized it until listening to that, but like there are a lot of goddamn mustaches on Unsolved yeah. Mysteries. Like holy yes. shit, that was so in in the eighties and nineties. Like I can't believe how many. Like every, everyone wanted to be Tom Selleck. I guess 
Because now, obviously now, nobody nobody has a mustache. It's gotten this, like, reputation where everyone just, you know, throws out that hacky line whenever they see someone with a mustache. Oh, you pedophile. <laughs> oh, you a porn yeah. star. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, I mean, I'm not saying I want a mustache. Well, to be honest, I mean, his stash is total porn stash. <laughs> it's a nice chevron shape, yes. Uh, yeah, he just, he, he, he looks... He looks kind of menacing, honestly. Um, well, in, in his eyes, there's definitely that. Yeah, my mugshot is beautiful. Like when I when I had my <laughs> mugshot taken for my DUI when I was 22 years old, uh, I look fantastic. My hair it's is just, healthy. You look fabulous. It's, my hair <laughs> is healthy. I'm like smiling. I smiled in the mugshot because it was such a bullshit charge. Like the so I'm just imagining a sarcastic smile. Just it, like, dude, it was. <laughs> it was totally a sarcastic. Like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take your little fucking picture. You guys are so corrupt. It's hilarious. So like, that's that's definitely. I'll post my mugshot on the group if I can remember to do so. Yeah, or on Twitter. Yeah, or on Twitter. Yeah, good good idea, Mike. Post on Twitter so people will have to follow us on theirs. Well, you don't have to follow us. You can just go to Twitter and look us up and see it. But nonetheless, um, yeah. So um. I got nothing else to say about this uh, porn stash killer. Pretty disturbing. Except uh, this guy's definitely a human piece of shit. Like many other pieces of shit we've run into over the span of this show. Yep. Um, All right. So up next, I'd like to read some uh, bad reviews. Um, We haven't done this in a while, (laughs) and we have a few new ones here. Last I checked, I think the last time we did this was like around episode 40 or something. So yeah, makes sense. 40 episodes later, we uh, read some bad reviews. I I just think they're funny. I don't know. Like I (laughs) some people get offended on like Internet stuff like YouTubers will start a YouTube channel. and I just can't take the the negative the negativity. Yeah, I don't get that. I think it's funny. I've been on YouTube for a decade. Yeah, you've been on there forever. Pretty much. Over the years, I've built a really thick skin. Like, normally, it doesn't really bother me that much anymore. It Sometimes it definitely does make me laugh because of how absurd their criticisms can be. Also, you know, there's always something called a block button. And you can call me a coward all you want to, but I just don't want that shit on my channel. <laughs> yeah, if they're repeatedly, like, going to yeah. all your videos and saying negative shit, yeah. absolutely. I Thankfully, I haven't had that happen to me yet. Um, I've had that happen, and and that's why I don't, you know, and sometimes I do it preemptively because I don't want that to happen. So it's like, you know, if I see it's somebody, or if somebody's just leaving pretentious as fuck comments that I just can't stand, they have their heads so far up their own ass that the only thing they see is their colon. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's funny. Every time someone calls me like a dumbass or like, uh, <laughs> an idiot or yeah, yeah. I have one guy said threatened to like curb stomp me because I didn't think The Omen was a great movie. <laughs> oh like, my I god! I thought it was okay. Jeez, that guy's but, priorities you know. are a little out of whack. All right, so let's. Yeah, I've had stuff like. Let's that. start with some of these one star reviews. We can switch off here. Uh, first one is uh from Nicka Nicka I don't know. Um, the title of this is "Don't Care for the Talking." They said, uh, I couldn't even finish one podcast. The guys talking were so judgmental and obnoxious, I had to turn it off. Maybe it was just the Eclipse podcast, but it left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> so we, I think we did a podcast around the time of the, uh, what, lunar eclipse or solar eclipse yeah. or whatever. 
And um, yeah, I don't know what she. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm pretty obnoxious and semi-judgmental <laughs> on every episode. So yeah, fair enough. You know, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, just one episode. I mean, uh, she would, or she or she, whatever. They they won't like the the rest of them if they. If, no, no, yeah. If you didn't like that yeah. one, then you're not gonna. <laughs> we don't we don't get any better <laughs> from there. Um. All right, Mike. Can you can you read these enough to read the next one? Yeah. Okay. So we have disappointing by Dice Man from Dice Man. Hey, the Dice Man. I'm a big fan of the original show, but this just isn't up to par. Poor audio quality, too many annoying, nonsensical tangents, and no structure. Cringeworthy attempts to be funny. I listened to the first 20 or so before finally giving up. Well, fun fact, Dice Man, the first, oh! the, the first uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I would say 15 at least of our episodes, yes, they did have shitty audio quality. In fact, yes. I'm, I'm halfway contemplating removing the first, like, five episodes and just redoing it yeah and just redoing it. I'm, I'm i'm fine with redoing those actually yeah yeah because the audio quality is horrendous and we covered some of my favorite segments in those early those early yeah. episodes so i'm thinking about taking those down and redoing them anyway um uh too many annoying and nonsensical tangents sure yes i could valid complaint no structure um there's some structure it's just very weak fra- frail structure it's um a sandcastle-like structure of our podcast. <laughs> well, well, it just makes it more, more flexible. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Cringeworthy attempts to be funny. Uh, sure. Uh, I could see that being true. Um, <laughs> I, but hey, Dice Man, I applaud you for go- getting through 20 episodes before giving up. Like, I would... I, If I was listening to something I really didn't care for, I could make it maybe, like, two episodes, and I'd, I'd be off board but yeah all right so our next uh one star review is from um it's it's some old man it's titled oh i i love this one this one is like just fantastic it's called uninteresting ramblings by gary zenker zenker he starts off by saying there's a pot for every kid my grandfather used to tell me okay first of all this is clearly somebody who listens to npr this american life every fucking day of his life when you start off He's, he sounds like a grandpa that's like telling his kid, <laughs> yeah. circle in, kids. Grandpa has a story. There's a pot for every kid, my grandfather used to tell me. Sometimes, yeah. though, you really have to wonder about the lid designers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, buddy. You, this, is a, this is a beautiful analogy, sir. <laughs> so he goes, there's a pot for every kid. Sometimes you have to really wonder about the lid designers. The weakness has nothing to do with audio quality. I love that how he has to put that point out there because we've actually said you know our audio quality isn't the best in the early episodes. Yeah, so he's covering so his he's bases. Just like, it has nothing to do with the audio quality. Yeah, he has, it's nothing to do with the audio quality that some reviews complained about. It's content quality. Fifteen minutes feels like two hours. Oh my! I feel like he was in his boudoir while he was li- he was in his powder room while he was listening to this, and then he just put his hand over his forehead and just kind of leaned back, like, "Oh, whoa, what was me? Turn this off, Benson. This feels like two hours, fifteen minutes. This is a very lofty man. Anytime you start off a review with like a like some kind of flowery recounting of something your grandfather told you." Uh, yeah, our podcast isn't for you, sir. But what I don't understand is why you can't just turn it off and go about your day. 
we offend these people so much that they really feel the need to take time out of their day yeah. to leave a shitty review. That's what I understand, but eh, whatever. Um, There's another one. Uh, Hosts are annoying by SMCC1229. Interesting cases, but it's hard to concentrate. Amuse the hosts are so obnoxious. They are no Robert Stack. We're not saying we're Robert Stack. We could never even conceivably come close to being Robert Stack. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. No Robert Stack. You're no Robert Stack either, sir or ma'am. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but we got some nice and new uh, uh, good reviews. Yeah, well, no one cares, no one, no one cares about the positivity, Mike. We're, we're concentrating on the negativity right now. Getting it, but here's some two stars that we haven't read yet. because so, a lot. Of, I want to balance it out. Okay, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. So, uh, this is from Eddie509. Eddie Romero, I, what's up, buddy? He said, I love those fun. I love these funny hosts. In the summer of 2016, I was jogging at night. I looked up at the moon and by curiosity, I searched for an Unsolved Mysteries-esque podcast. I came across the show in its infancy and caught the third episode. Chemistry between the hosts is great. They share the same interests as me. They're funny and wacky when they need to be. They love the show and are real genuine fans. One of the hosts, Josh, has a freaking Robert Stack tattoo on his arm for crying out loud. And they're very professional at their craft. I never miss a show. Listen to a podcast every week. Thank you, Eddie. And when they donate, when they when they don't have a new show out, I miss it. Give this show a chance and you all grow to enjoy their respective views, whether they agree or disagree on the cases. This show is for mature adults, no children allowed. <laughs> that- Raunchy talk is thrown here and there, but not without purpose. It serves to soften the violent themes of the topics they discuss about the show. And I am a fan for life. And Eddie understands why we do that. Because when you're talking about rapes and murders and dismemberments and lost loves who've never seen their dad in 35 years, yeah, you know, my natural reaction to tragedy and grief is to make a joke about it and to be comical about it. And do I always hit the mark? Hell no, I don't. But that's because this is unscripted off the cuff. And some people get it. And some people don't, and that's fine if you don't, but I, I really wish you wouldn't leave a bad review because that brings us down as far as uh, iTunes recommending this to other people. So it's kind of, I don't know. Anyway, uh, this is a two-star. Uh, I'm trying to read new ones here because I, I don't want to reread ones we did in the past. Oh, God, I love the title of this. It's all, it's so pretentious already. It's t- they titled, By John CEC, it's titled, Where Do I Start? This is a podcast I'd love to like. You got to like when people start off with, I want to like this. That's like a a trope (laughs) of leaving bad reviews at this point. This is a podcast I'd love to like, but Josh and Mike really make it tough for me. First off, I'm not sure what kind of childhood Josh endured, but I feel bad for him. There's clearly some deep-seated tension going on with this guy. Secondly, these guys, again, primarily Josh, take the UFO and cryptozoologic topics way too seriously thirdly guys (laughs) before you decide to poke fun at people involved in the cases and the people who live in your community yeah i'm talking about you josh have a clue about what you're talking about i had to chuckle about your knowledge of life uh, uh i had to chuckle about your knowledge of life insurance and how and why people buy it God, that is a specific thing to leave in your yeah, exactly. I have no idea what I said about life insurance <laughs> on one podcast to upset somebody enough to leave a bad review, but it must have been some gnarly shit. Yeah. Lastly, fellas, yes, I'm primarily talking about you, Josh. You got triggered. 
He's, he's he, you're you're triggering him, Josh. Yes. I'm sure many people, including myself, would take you more seriously if you cleaned up your language and grammar. I will say I get some good laughs out of the show. Okay, so that's I will say why I get do, some good laughs out of the show. The thing I don't get is why swearing automatically means childish or immature. But if you clean up your language and you say stuff like "gosh dang it" or you know, uh, you know the whole like "oh my gosh" or something like that, I mean, it, or "damn," <laughs> it doesn't really. I think that just makes it sound even worse. There's like a there, <laughs> it's not genuine. There's like a generation thing here, man. Like like freaking people <laughs> did like. The people I grew up with, the situ the situation I grew up with in my life, we cursed like it was like a, a like an extension of ourselves, you know, like it was a third arm or something. It was like it just you just did it. Like if you're in a casual conversational situation with a friend of yours, you just curse as you speak. I mean, if I'm writing a college paper or I'm talking to an employer or something, I can make my language very flowery and eloquent. Yeah, so can I. But this isn't that situation. So I don't know why these people expect these educated Harvard scholars to be <laughs> bore, like in a boring way, going through these cases very clinically and professionally and... I mean, what the fuck? Who wants to hear that? I mean, some people want to hear it, and there's a time and place for that. And But if you want to listen to two people that make you feel smarter about yourself by listening to <laughs> us, then you listen to our podcast. You just want to listen to two guys just shoot the shit and talk Unsolved Mysteries. All right, the last one I'll bore you guys with is uh, this one called Really? By, T yeah. by Tiger John. I still find it hard to believe how serious some people take things like UFOs. I'm a big fan of thinking of the Thinking Sideways podcast, so when I came across Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, I thought I would be getting something entertaining from a fairly objective point of view. These two nitwits are pretty comical, however, they take this stuff way too seriously. I also find it comical how much these guys blame everyone else for their problems, especially Josh. Very sophomoric in their delivery. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, they really rail on you, oh, man. <laughs> Tiger John. Tiger John, I got a little something for you here. You sound like a fucking UFO skeptic. And you know what we got for <laughs> UFO skeptics? It's called a skeptic whistle. It sounds a little bit like this. So I hope that hurts you every bit as your review hurt me, Tiger John. Ah. <sighs> You know, what else to say, what else to say to that? When someone's using the word nitwit, I automatically know they're over the age of like 55. So <laughs> our podcast isn't going to be for you anyway, honestly. Um, and again, I got it. The, the, this bears repeating, but I always click on these people's usernames and it tells me what else they review. And they're given like car talk and NPR, like five stars, like fantastic, superb programming. I quite enjoy this immensely. And then they got our like podcast on there and it's like one star and like these two idiots. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you're listening to like that highbrow lofty kind of, you know, talk radio kind of stuff. Yes, we're not that. We are not that at all. I'm sorry no. that we are, were recommended to you and our podcast comes up, I guess, in a genre that is more or less people who are more professional in how they conduct their podcasting. But we're just not that way. And I mean, I guess because podcasts like Perhaps It's You and Stack Pack and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
it's hard to do an Unsolved Mysteries themed podcast and be totally dead serious with how crazy the reenactments are and how yeah. crazy some of the people look. I mean, it's like, come on, you, you gotta you gotta laugh at it, you know, and we laugh and say fuck apparently too much for some people. But yeah, Mike's right, though. I mean, we we have a we have a lot of good reviews, but I just uh you know, I mean, who wants to sit here and like listen to us stroke our own dicks, you know, for 30 minutes about. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That's not something, you know, I want to do. I just wanted to at least throw one out there. Yeah. But no, if you guys want to see how beloved we are by just so many people, you can go on our iTunes. I mean, and- our, 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 our average is, you know, four out of, you know, is a four. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Four out of 20. <laughs> out of 91 ratings. No, whatever. I don't care. Um, some of you keep listening. <laughs> to this day, I don't know why, but I'm glad you are. I really am. Um, I think they like us, Josh. Well, that's fantastic. And I've had people tell me things like, "You guys have gotten me through, you know, the most boring shifts at work, and you've gotten me through yeah. this, that, and the other." And like, I- I'm glad. I'm glad I could help you. It makes me feel great. That's what I've, yeah, that that's what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to entertain. And help people in that way, you know? So it's like, you know, some people aren't going to like it, but that's that's okay. I don't understand. That's what happens anytime you share your opinion anywhere. Like, podcasts that have no negative reviews, it's like, you must not be ruffling any kind of feathers whatsoever. <laughs> like, for no one to have anything negative to say whatsoever. You must be doing, like, God-level podcasting. Um, or you just have a bunch we of... We like to take some chances, you know, go out there... Now, like the audio sometimes quality, it works out, at, sometimes it doesn't. Like, uh, un- like unfortunately, a lot of the negative reviews are audio quality related, and it's like, ugh, we fixed that shit so long ago. But that's again, that's why I think I'm going to remove the first. Like, let's redo it. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the plan. And the- I'd love to talk about the Dale. Oh yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Or Roswell, Alcatraz, Alcatraz yeah. or Roswell. Yeah, and and Sam and Liz, I know you're not listening, but uh, you know what? Screw you guys for not liking the Alcatraz segment. <laughs> they were bitching and moaning about the Alcatraz segment for. I think you talked about that last I week, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's how I'm ups- That's how upset I am about that they didn't like it. They were complaining. Josh is triggered. I, I was. I, you triggered Josh. Yes, I am and was triggered. Like they were complaining so hard about that. And I think that's a brilliant segment. I love that segment. Like, I love the Alcatraz segment. We're going to be guests on their show sometime in February. They keep changing the date on us, but I can't wait to go on there. I'm taking the gloves off. I'm going to, I'm going toe-to-toe <laughs> with Alcatraz with those ladies. Um, they're really awesome, though, and you should check out their podcast. A lot of you already have who listen to us, but, uh, you know, fuck it. Even more of you can go check them out. Um, so... Yeah, I guess this is the end of the podcast. It's a little short. We apologize. Mike has a lot of homework. Uh, yeah. The weekends are the only times we can really do this, uh, given Mike's schedule with college and shit. So um, we, we kind of had to just squeeze this one in here. Unfortunately, it's a little... Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think it's still pretty good. It's a nice short but sweet one. There's not a lot of extra unneeded, unneeded meat on the bone. Are you saying... You know, it's, a nice, say- it's a nice, good-sized, juicy steak not like a giant steak that's too much. He's saying this is all killer no filler. Pretty much. Mm, fair enough. 
Uh, if you want to uh, add us on YouTube uh, for our content separately but equally, Mike's is um, www.youtube. God, did I really say www? HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com. No, no, no. Slash OCP communications. He does movie reviews. What's the last video you did, Mike? Last video I did is a sort of a vlog where I talk about movie news uh, called Talking Cinema, and I talked about the Dundee Super Bowl ad, and I talked about how the New Mutants is being neutered, the new New Mutants movie. Is that uh, an X-Men and I thing also or something? ranted on the new RoboCop sequel that could potentially be coming out or not. You're not you don't think it's going to be good? What? The new RoboCop? No. Absolutely not. What what have they already fucked up? Uh a lot. I don't even want to go there. I I I I'd be ranting for another 10 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I, fin- but, I finally uh, saw the Force Aw- uh not the Force Awakens, the last Jedi. Finally got that yeah. out of the way. Yeah. You see what I mean on that, right? <laughs> just can in a very like like briefly like what what was your what was your big pro- I just want to hear what your big problem is. I know you have a video. I need to get around to watching it. It was extremely boring. That's one thing. Uh, how they treated Luke was absolutely unacceptable. I agree. Unacceptable I, to me. I agree. I don't like how they treated Luke. Yep. I don't like what they did with the character. I agree. The shoehorn characters like Rose Tico. I could see that. It was like a fangirl but they kinda, for Finn. Don't they kind of shoehorn characters into every Star Wars movie, though? Yeah, but not. it didn't feel like as deliberate as this one did. And then she has like cringe inducing lines like love will save us yeah, all or whatever. Yeah, that was that was bullshit that bad. was. Some people are Princess Leia floating in space. <laughs> like she's Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's become a meme now at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird because everyone's like, when was she able to do that? I mean, it didn't really bother me because it's like she, she's yeah. got the force, you know, like she's. Yeah, but she hasn't really trained with the force that much at all. So it's it's fairly unbelievable. Then you have the whole thing with Snoke where, oh, yeah, well, Snoke is nothing. Jesus, it's a shame we don't have Zach Weber on here. He's uh, He has a, a... Pretty much Ryan Johnson just trolled everybody. He was just like, oh, you know, your Snoke theory sucks and you suck. And I read something where he was considering turning Ray into a robot. And I'm like, this guy needs to get the fuck away from this franchise. No, Disney's like, we'll give him his own franchise. Well, you know, like the first like, episode, like the last... What the fuck? Uh, Star Wars 7. The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Snoke was like, everyone was thinking that he was going to be this big mountainous person, but that was just like a hologram. And I mean, they were kind of like setting him up to be this like big fucking deal. You know, they're setting him up to be this yeah. like big, like the new Palpatine or something like that. And then he just, he just dies in such kind of a lame, like half-assed way. Yeah, it really was. It was, he was villain monologuing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Kylo Ren does the predictable thing and, and helps out someone that he's supposed to be wanting to destroy. You know, like an angle that I thought for a split second in The in uh, the Last Jedi, an angle that I thought they would take. Would Rey? Rey would turn? Yes. I thought, thought Rey would turn to the dark side. And I thought, what an interesting angle that would have been. Yeah. That would have been something new that we haven't seen before. And then like. That would have taken a lot of balls. Yeah. 
For and sure. then Finn and all of them, they would have had to have gone against like this. Um, well, Finn also they handled him really terribly. Finn, they turned him into just a total joke. I mean, he wakes up and he bangs his head against the glass and slips and falls on what might as well be a banana peel. Yeah, well, they had. And then his whole thing he did with the girl was just a pointless subplot. Yeah. They're all, let's, let's save the animals. Oh, yeah, the casino, casino planet. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. When the when the Star Wars movies come out, initially, everyone always wants to, like, rank them higher. But as time goes by, like, people caught... Cause it, like, this this one made me respect the prequels. Oh, God. In more Mike, ways than one. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going there. <laughs> Mike, Mike's good. God damn it, he's going there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was okay. I had to see it in theaters. I saw the last one in theaters. I, I, I had to see this one in theaters, and God darn it, I'm going to see the next one in theaters. Um, I'm not giving them any more of my money. Damn. Because Disney was just so disrespectful. So I'm just like, fuck it. Yeah. No. Uh, Zach, Zach Weber, one of our listeners, he has a Star Wars podcast, and uh, I'm glad he stuck with it. Uh, it is called... Man, I suck right now. I'm going to have to like pull it up and I want to tell you guys what it is cuz uh it's only fitting that since we're talking about Star Wars podcasts, I give him a shout out. And I'm talking right now because I'm I'm trying to delay as I pull it up and um I think I think um llamas are very interesting creatures. Do they really spit? I don't know if that's like a myth or if that's Didn't you change your profile picture to a llama one I time? I did. And the fucking iTunes of course is not wanting to comply. Okay, here we go. Uh so yeah, if you want to hear more about Star Wars, check out one of our listeners Zach Weber. He's got a podcast called Knights of Vader. Uh it's a Star Wars podcast. He he says we are not your typical blue glass of milk thought that was kind of funny um but yeah you can well that's another thing we didn't need to see how how luke gets a hold of the blue milk either from this ugly monster with like weird monster tits by its yes lower (laughs) yeah could have went without seeing that (laughs) and then the fucking porgs i love all of and chewy was just wasted he was just there for like some porg joke like don't eat me and then that's really about it you know, it's funny, like, I the porgs were those little creatures, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I thought those things were kind of annoying. Um, my friend Stephanie, who I went with, she loved them. She was like, aww. <laughs> so it's like, gosh, it's like, were they, are they, no, are they trying to, I mean, this might sound sexist, but they like, were those shoehorned in to try to appeal to women or, or kids or? Kids, definitely for kids. Well, she's like 30 years old and she was like all about him. <laughs> she's five in, on the inside, I think. Well, I mean, you even had like, you know, the the Holdo, whatever her name is, played by uh, Laura Dern, complete with the purple hair. She just looked like a suburban mom who was like... She looked like one of those feminists on YouTube. Give me a haircut that says everything offends me. I got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and then, and then Poe Dameron, like, what was this whole thing? Like, it was just trying to convince this, uh, purple haired chick to not do something. And then she does it anyway. So it's yeah. just like his whole yeah. plot line was pointless. I don't know. Eh, you know, whatever. I saw it. I did my, my duty. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of had problems with it. That's how I feel about most things. It was things, duty. Though. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, my YouTube channel, if you want to look at my videos, it's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Uh, last video I just put out was, uh, again, why I hate the Nintendo 64. Um, the controller, yeah, is, is pretty disagreeable. I don't have the problem with the controller. It's the damn analog stick. It's well, yeah, that's, that's why it's disagreeable. It's a fucking analog stick. It's part of the controller. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess. They were fairly innovative in their design, but I mean, and there were a lot of bad games, and the whole thing with the cartridge thing—that is—that really did limit a lot of developers. When I was, dude, when I was playing that system, when I was like recording footage, like game footage to to put into the video, um, I was playing the PlayStation One, the original PlayStation first, and I was recording footage, and mm. then I played the uh, Nintendo sixty four. I cannot believe how good the sound was on the original PlayStation. Like the, the yeah. sound effects, the music, it's all CD quality sound. And mm -hmm. I, I always heard that, but I didn't truly appreciate it until the other day. Then when I get to Nintendo 64, it is the most compressed, just uh, just muffled, horrible sound quality. Like, And the graphics were kind of comparable. I used to think when I was younger, oh, the N64 blows the PS1 out of the water graphically. Not really. Um, the PS1 could hold its own in there. I don't know. I, I like the PS1, I think, a bit more than the N64, personally. Now, I've never even played a Sega Saturn, so I don't even have anything to say about that. <laughs> I'm sure we have... Well, you and me both. I've never played a Saturn either. Yeah. Se or a Sega CD. Sega just failed left and right after all those attachments and shit the cd the sega 32x. cd the 32x yeah. <laughs> yeah as you guys can see me and mike are very versatile we could start a whole nother podcast on <laughs> sometimes i wish we did sometimes i wish we had like a media podcast where we could just talk about this stuff openly because me and mike are good talkers with one another so <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, you can support us on Patreon um, by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You can also like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, but I would prefer you to join our group on Facebook. Just go to the group section and type in uncovering unexplained mysteries. A lot more fun, a lot more vibrant of a community going on there. And I will say at this point, it is a community. It's a self-sufficient group of people who like the show, like our podcast, and they're all just cool people. I've never been in a Facebook group with cooler people than our group because most Facebook groups are very stuffy and snooty and douchey, and you're afraid to type the wrong thing because the admins or the moderators will get on you and, you know. Or the seasoned veterans on the blog yeah, on the group the know it who all. just troll around everywhere will troll you. Yeah, our, There's that too. our group is nothing <laughs> like that. We are very encouraging no. and... and positive energy and all that hippie bullshit anyway it's a pretty awesome group anyway for me and mike that's uh it's a podcast hope you guys have a good rest of your week we'll talk to you next week goodbye see ya What's up, everybody? Just wanted to remind you that my album, Koyana Scotsy, is still out for uh, purchase on CD. I got about 15 CDs left, so if you want an actual hard copy, you might want to get on that soon. Uh, I can sign it for you, whatever you want. I don't know if I'm going to do a second run on those or not. And the album digitally is available on iTunes and anywhere else where you can buy digital music. Thanks.
I just died in your arms tonight. No, that one's more like, oh, <laughs> I just died in your in arms, your arms tonight. tonight. Must have been something, something you said. You said. Oh, <laughs> he, he literally, go back and listen yeah. to that song. He's like, oh, I just... <laughs> And so it's not even subtle. Like originally, I I was like I didn't know I didn't get the innuendo with that. Oh, song. I, don't, I don't get it either. What does it mean? I just died in your arms tonight. Yeah, he came. Died though. How is that a how is that an innuendo? I I, I I guess it's just I don't know. I know, but it's I guess it's some kind of slang for came. Must have been or something coming. you said. Should have walked away. I mean, yeah, it would explain the. Oh! <laughs> wow, what the fuck? Uh, all right, uh, say something into the mic. I'm, are you recording now? Yeah, I already recorded. All right, say something into the mic. Something, something, something. Gravel, gravel, gravel. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, I love how the uh, like '70s and '80s, like before, just music went totally down the fucking pot. And back in the day, like these love songs and shit. It would totally be saying "let's fuck," but it would be saying it in such flowery language that it was unless like, it's uh, George Michael's uh, "Matter of a Fact." I want your sex. <laughs> yeah, but that was more like late '80s, early '90s, where yeah. it was kind of the envelope well, was already. Well, you still even had like for Cindy Lauper's "She Bop." Like that's not very subtle either. I never heard that one. I'm yeah, it's about I'm... female masturbation, and it's just called "She Bop." Oh wow! I'm thinking of songs <laughs> like "Why Don't We Steal Away, Steal Away." Yeah. Why don't we steal away into the night? Yeah. I know it's or not the right. afternoon delight song. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a more Who of an knew obvious that was one. Kinky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, steal away into night. Let's fuck. Let's go and fuck somewhere. I know into it's not. Right. I know it's not right, but let's go and fuck, and it's nighttime now. Well, even even songs like the Pina Colada song had like some kind of bow, message bow, behind bow, it. That, bow, bow. If you like peeing in coladas, getting caught in the ring, they call me Penis Colossus. <laughs> but really, it's all about like the, this couple who are cheating on each other and then end up finding each other through uh, the one ads or something. Yeah, a lot of those. Um unexpectedly yeah a lot of those songs you just you don't really i don't know like some people like really pay attention to lyrics like really like hardcore i don't i listen to the yeah. me i listen to the melody and the overall arrangement they're like turning japanese <laughs> oh yeah that, that's supposed to be about wh whacking off right yeah what the fuck is wrong you know i've been writing music <laughs> for like 15 years and never once have i thought why don't I write a slick, sly, wink and a nod song about <laughs> masturbating or shoving something up my ass? You know, I, I <laughs> never once have I thought like, hey, that's a good idea. Like that'll touch yeah. people's lives in in uh, a very in a sexual way, not in a emotional way. Yeah, I've just never thought to do that. I don't know what's wrong. What are these fucking pervs? I don't understand. <laughs> I've, I've, I've become all of a sudden a very puritanical, prudish man in the last like, oh 10 seconds you're join the pmrc you're just, you're just getting you're just getting started you're it, getting you're getting prepared yes <laughs> is a, a pmrc isn't even around anymore correct no i don't think so parent but uh, parents against whatever the fuck moral something yeah 
I remember there was a program on that um, back when we had cable and I was younger and it said something about porn rock or something like that. And I, I knew what they were referring to. And I went and I looked at the program. My dad goes, you just you just went there because it said porn. I'm like, <laughs> no, I know what the fucking I know what they're talking about, you dummy. <laughs> and then, you know, my dad's one to talk because anytime there was an HBO or Cinemax free free preview weekend, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd notice the VCR was curiously recording during 1 and 2 a.m. at night. Like, you oh, got him. Wow, Dad. Gotcha. Kind of funny there. Double double standard having I'm ads. not really... I'm not into porn like I've tried. It just doesn't... I, I guess I didn't start uh, with the best option. Cause, and I don't really choose this option. It's something that my, my, my stepbrother... I just got some wanted some porn or something and he asked me to download Debbie Does Dallas and I saw some of that but I was just like eh. I, I I mean it's one of those things where a lot of the time the porn that I remember seeing is like just ugly people <laughs> that you don't want to see naked Mike go to xnxx.com <laughs> or redtube.com or pornhub.com I guarantee you no matter what your sexual orientation is you will find something there to w- wank to and it won't, uh, it won't I'd be- rather just I'd rather I'd rather spend my time uh watching other things there are a lot more Mike satisfying. I feel bad for the first person you you end up with because it is going to be a load of legendary proportions 28 29 years of pent up frustration <laughs> It's going to be like that scene in scary movie 2 uh, where the girl's giving the guy oh, head Oh god <laughs> he just like blasts her to the wall with his Oh, oh shit <laughs> That's gonna, Oh man it's going to be you <laughs> Me by the time I'm 35, it's just gonna be dust because I've my <laughs> it's so withered and overused. Um. Anyway, this is disgusting. Glad this is the B-roll footage and not the main, <laughs> not the main yeah. attraction. We get a lot of people turned off. That's, yeah, that's. For I sure. wonder how many people know there's even shit after the uh so after the podcast is over. I hope not. Maybe many. people get to your like your ad for your album or like I don't want to listen to that. I'm done. Oh, but I sold I another, have... sold another album today from someone who listens to our podcast. Hit oh, me up, cool. so yeah, it's awesome. If it wasn't for this podcast, I I wouldn't have sold nearly as many. So that's cool. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to the shit show here, so you can go watch. You Inf- want to start with Kenneth? Uh, well, you... actually, I changed I changed my plans because I still have a shit ton of work to do for school, and that takes a priority. Uh-huh. I thought about maybe you know seeing it on a cam, but the only cam that's available <laughs> is not in English. I don't fuck with the cam stuff. I'll just wait until the thing comes out. On... Well, I normally don't either, but it's just one of those things that... I mean, do you want to see Insidious 4 that bad? Not really, but I'm just saying, like, the cam is a decent alternative. Because <laughs> it's Insidious 4. It's not like it's Deadpool 2 or or anything like that. Uh, but we might, see, uh, we might see it next week or something. Well, we're going to see Winchester, so maybe... We might so, see it maybe some other day. So you do have a friend locally? Yeah. Oh, that's good. What's his or her name? His name is John. Is he around your age, Michael? Close. I think he might be a bit older than me. Is he? D- does he sure. smoke cigarettes? No. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure you're hanging out with the right people. I don't want you getting <laughs> with the wrong crowd. I don't want you to start swearing and doing all these other... Start swearing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
That's not. Um, that's not. You won't be in God's light if you do that stuff. Oh fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> Smoking, I already started swearing years ago. This fights and dirty talk. They all make you walk a dirty walk. Smoking, drinking, fist Is that fights, stuff and dirty you're talk. In- the Bible says no, no, don't do it. Walk, walk, walk the Bible way. Read your Bible daily wow. and don't forget to pray. You remember all of this, dude? I went to private from, from school. Bi- I was indoctrinated. I was in. I was in the fucking. I was. I was a Sea Org member essentially, but of Christianity <laughs> for like uh, twelve years. So you know all about the Satanic Panic kind of stuff. Oh yeah, abso- absolutely, dude. My best friend Michael, his dad was the president of the church, and he would tell me how they went to someone's house to do an exorcism one time, and how the chick's legs were all like tangled up around each other, like wrapped around each other, but like more than a normal person would be able to do. Oh, yeah, it's it, it was creepy. He told me, I, dude, there, there was this one kid. Who Although never, you don't know if he's actually telling the truth right. or not. Could be exaggerated. Could have been full things. of shit. There was this one kid there who everyone thought was demon-possessed, and he even proclaimed that he was demon-possessed, and he apparently took a huge paper clip and made this deep gash on his arm, and he's like, don't worry, it'll be healed by tomorrow. <laughs> and then he like showed up the next day, and it, like it wasn't even there anymore. These are all like urban legends of the school, though. I mean, I, don't, yeah, I didn't witness that. It doesn't firsthand. sound believable in the slightest. Yeah, my <laughs> friend sounds, that, said they saw. That it, totally but... sounds like a, a a rumor from kids, just you know, yeah. passing rumors around with the goth kid who has to be forced to go to church. I mean, the amount of like shit I made up to make myself, you know, seem more interesting or cooler. So I mean, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine other kids do that too. All right, so we'll do what you said, uh, Kenneth Ingi first. Yeah, Ingi, me no speaky Ingi. <laughs> this one, I, I really feel bad for the guy who's being accused of killing this guy. Like, I don't think he did it at all. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say my opinion about that for uh, for the podcast. But yeah, I, I think he's uh, innocent as well. Um, what is this episode eighty? Is this episode eighty? Yeah, Fuck eighty. Me. What are we gonna do episode for episode one hundred? Just another Q and A, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, let's meet in a dirty. We'll do a hook. behind the scenes. We'll do a behind the scenes special, like like uh, the Unsolved Mysteries did. No, there's no way that'd be boring. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll think of something like that. All right, yeah. here we go. 